Thank you, Ginny. Jesus loves you, right? Jesus loves everyone. Well, would have loved to have Bill with us today, but he's not doing well. Would have loved him give the word, hopefully, if not next week, the week after. Okay, keep praying for him. He didn't have a good night's sleep last night, but we'll continue praying. His heart is okay, and his pneumonia is getting better, but he was coughing a lot last night, and that's why he didn't make it today. Let's open our Bibles to the uh, Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27. Verse 15. Matthew chapter 27, verse 15. Now at the feast, the governor at that time was Pilate, was accustomed to release for the multitude any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they were holding, at that time, a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. When therefore they were gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas, or Jesus, who is called the Christ? For he knew that because of envy they had delivered him up. And while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him, saying, Have nothing to do with that righteous man. For last night I suffered greatly in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitudes to ask for Barabbas and to put Jesus to death. But the governor answered, and said to them, which one of the two do you want me to release for you? And they all said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, what then, what then shall I do with Jesus, who is called the Christ? They all said, let him be crucified. And he said, why, what evil has he done? But they kept shouting at the more, all the more, saying, let him be crucified. And when Pilate saw that he was accomplishing nothing, but rather that a riot was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the multitude, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to that yourselves. And the peop all the people answered and said again, his blood be on us and on our children. And uh, then he released Barabbas for them. But Jesus he scourged and delivered over to be crucified. 
sad story. I uh, read something about Pilate. He was the fifth Roman procurator of Judea at that time. And after the crucifixion, he was recalled by Tiberius and banished to Vienna, where, according to the tradition and many writers confirm it, they say he committed suicide in 41 AD. He couldn't make a decision for Christ. What shall I do with Jesus? Some of, the, some of us this morning have that question answered. Some, they're still searching. And some, most probably, are in between. The portion that we read is about two men. One who is a notorious criminal, treason, murder, felony, he did anything you can think of. And the other man was an innocent man, Jesus Christ, who's done nothing except they said that he is the king, he says, the king of the Jews. Pilate faced the question of a decision for Jesus. He wanted to remain neutral. But he could not push aside a decision. This is what's happening today. I'm afraid there are millions in our world who are refusing to decide for Jesus. They want to remain neutral. They want to be crowd pleasers. Like Pilate. They don't want to be involved. They want to be left alone. And we have reached a certain point in our lives that we have lost as a nation the awareness that only the gospel of Jesus Christ can bring stability and peace to troubled and rebellious hearts. No one can bring it, that stability and the peace, except the Lord Jesus Christ, period. He came to this world on a redemptive mission, if you will, please. He came to seek, as the Bible says, and to save, which was lost. And it behooves us this morning to consider our own relationship to him. What have we done with him personally? What have we? Have we received him, received him in our hearts as both 
Savior and Lord? Is he part of your daily experience? You ask people, do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Once I was riding in a taxi a long time ago, and he has the cross hanging from the mirror in front of him. And there are some people who still do it here. I said, look at the cross here in the mirror. And I thought to myself, that cross might get him to have a big accident because it's dangling in front of his eyes (laughs) instead of protecting him. Oh, we have a picture of Christ in our home, in our house. It's in the living room, that picture. It's not going to do you anything at all. I wrote a poem about Jesus. It's not going to do anything. Writing poems and even going to church. What shall I do with Jesus Christ? And let me ask you a question. I have two questions today. What can you do with Jesus? What? Question. There are only, for the sake of time, two possibilities open concerning Christ Jesus. First, he may be accepted. We're not going to dig around the house. He may be accepted as Savior. Do you agree with that? You may receive him into your heart as a savior. You may recognize your own sinfulness and the inability to cope with the problems of life, death, and eternity. In him, your guilt, if you are living in guilt, may be removed. Sins will be forgiven. And you immediately become a member of God's family. This is what every wise person does when he or she, they hear the gospel preached in its fullness. The other alternative, we said the first alternative is to be accepted. The other alternative is to reject him. Easy. Reject the divine Christ. Regardless what your beliefs are, the fact remains that people have a free will. You have a free will. You can reject Christ. Even though he died for all, I have news for you, but all will not be saved. This is a choice this morning you have to make. And you will bear the results of your choice. Accepting him or rejecting him. Pilate cried, what shall I do with Christ? And there is no third alternative. You might come up with a third third alternative As long as you want, 
there's none. You might say, I'm only postponing my decision. Keep that in mind. I'm only postponing my decision. I hear you, Adel. But let me ask you a question. Can you guarantee tomorrow? Can you? Can we guarantee tomorrow? Can we guarantee this afternoon? And then I would say, postponing this decision is fatal. This is very dangerous to your spiritual destiny. And please, do not procrastinate and say tomorrow. God has given me many opportunities before I got saved. I used to go, especially when I was young, a teenager, to the Church of God back in Lebanon. And I used to attend the, what they called revival meetings. And I used to be convicted. And I used to quiet my conscience. You know what I used to say? I promise you, Jesus, that next time I come to church, I'll get saved. I know by God's providence, I lived. And next time I went, again, I postponed it. I played with God. Six, seven times I was, I played with God until he caught me one day and changed my life. That was, that was mercy and grace that I did not die before I took Jesus Christ as my Savior. And I cannot insist more to you today. If you're not saved, you have not made this decision, I'm asking you to make it for Jesus because tomorrow might never come in your life. When Felix, one of the governors, heard the gospel that was presented to him, it's in you between Acts chapter 24 and 27, there's Felix, and there's the king, Agrippa, and there's also another governor, Festus, and the three of them heard the gospel. But you know what this man said? Felix, to Paul, go away for the present time. And when I find a more convenient time, I will send for you. Festus told him, you're mad, Paul. The king told him, in few words, you are convincing me to be a Christian. What can you do with Christ? Young people who are listening to me today, and you did not make this decision for Jesus Christ, I again invite you at this very moment. You might say, Adol, I am young. I have all my life ahead of me. You might be a middle-aged person. You might pay, be older than that. 
Nothing is guaranteed for you after this meeting at all. You don't own time. Your time is owned by the Lord Jesus Christ. He decides when it ends. And don't live a life like this. When Pilate threw the decision to the crowd, what did they say? They made a decision. What was the decision? Crucify him. And the second time, they, another, let him be crucified. And these men that I told you about, and many men like them, postponed their decision. A more convenient time. Do you know what? I don't think the more convenient time came into their lives. And they failed to realize that now is the acceptable time. How pitiful it is that the convenient times never dawned on them. They never saw another day with that opportunity. On the contrary, there's one person, I wish I had his name, I read this story, who accepted Jesus Christ, took advantage of the opportunity, and took him as savior. Listen to me, young people especially. He accepted him. He made that decision. And he wrote in his journal the following. He says, those who have heard his voice, his voice with them, who have felt his pardon, who have received his blessing, he is music. He is warmth. He is light. This is Jesus, the rejected Jesus today in our society and in the world. He is hope. He is salvation. A friend who never forsakes. What do you want to do with that friend? Who lifts us when others try to push us down. We cannot wear him out. We pile on him all our griefs and troubles. He's always ready to lift us up. He addresses us with the same love. He looks at us with the same smile and always treats us with love and compassion. So, what can you do with Jesus Christ this afternoon now? Would you take him like this man? as your savior. Since you heard this, and you say, Adol, does it really matter? Especially now college students and young people say, does it, is there any real great issue is at stake? I tell you, the greatest issue at stake is your soul. Is your life. 
After all you say, Jesus lived so many hundreds of years ago. Does it really matter whether I make a decision concerning him or not? My answer to you, yes, it matters much more than you think. It matters here in life. And your decision matters in life. And ask Christ's followers. Are they truly happy? When people are leaving after the meeting here, ask them, are they truly happy? Ask me. I tell you, I'm the happiest man in the world. Yes, Mike? I am the happiest man in the world. I, can, I, I don't know whether they're a happier man than I. Why? I have Jesus Christ in my life. Does it matter? Of course it does. Why people are committing suicide and killing themselves and living? You look at their faces. Try to go anywhere. Look at people's faces. They are living in fear day and night. But the Christian who is saved, who has Jesus in his heart, who has the music of God in his ear, he is never fearful. He is free from fear because he knows Christ is his Savior. Christians, you like to be around them, those who are saved. They are the only cause for joy in this life. And you know what? They know their heart is not here. Though they work every day, they go to work, they do well because a Christian is supposed to be loyal and hardworking person. They do well at work and they are very happy, but they know they're passing by. We are only sojourners. Ask Abraham, was Abraham wealthy? Very wealthy. Did he ever build a big building, a big mansion? No. He lived in tents, right? Why? Why? He was looking for the city, which was, which foundations, with, has foundation made by God, and the architect was God himself, and the builder was God himself. Their hearts are different. They have eternity in their hearts. It matters here. Don't live a life of fear anymore. Take Jesus as your savior. Don't live a life of sin anymore. And don't procrastinate, please. And also, when you ask, does it matter? Here's another answer. I told you about the Christians. Well, it matters also in death. Daniel Webster, you know, when we want to take a reference, we have all dictionaries. Webster is the best, I believe so. Daniel Webster was once asked, what was the greatest thought that had ever entered your mind? You know what he answered? With great emotion. 
my personal responsibility to God. My personal responsibility to God. Death comes to all. And I am prepared. Are you prepared? Now it matters, right? It matters in death. Are you prepared? And where are you going to spend eternity? There are two places only. There is no third place. Even our friends, the Catholics, they have abandoned the third place. And I've even forgot the name of the third place. Thank you, purgatory. They have now, they are putting it on the, on the back burner. They made a stopover. There is no stopover between here and eternity. Dean is happy. None stop to heaven. Or none stop, I hate to say it, to hell. It matters. Oh, it doesn't matter. He's a person that came 2,000 years plus. It doesn't matter who is saying. And don't mention his name. And people are ashamed to mention the name of Jesus Christ today. They are. But they're not ashamed to mention Confucius, Gandhi, Buddha, any other name, but the name of Christ. Oh, no, 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 no. Let's not be religious here. Do not be ashamed. If you need Jesus Christ and you don't want to go to hell this afternoon, there is one way, and this way is take Jesus Christ as your Savior, period. And you will secure your way to eternity. Does it matter? It matters. On his deathbed, a great scientist, thank God, a Christian scientist, and I have respects to doctors and scientists who have found Jesus as their Savior because they know, they know very well what they're talking about. What are your speculations? They asked him, what are your speculations? He said, speculations? I have none. I know whom I have believed. He didn't add anymore. I know whom I have believed. It does matter in life. It does matter in death. To be able to face death calmly and with assurance that all is well and I know where I'm going is a worthy goal. Do you have that? Do you have that assurance? Do, are you sure if the Lord comes and he calls us to be with him right before I finish in about five minutes or ten minutes, are you sure if he calls that all the people in this hall will go to heaven? Will you go with them? Ask your question. Question yourself this question. Will I go with them? Or you say, well, I don't believe in God. Well, <laughs> you're just a poor soul. A poor soul. 
you better believe in him before things happen, and they're going to happen very soon. If you have Jesus as your Savior, I think it produces in you a peace that the world, listen, the world cannot give and cannot take away. Well, give me another reason. I have a third reason. There is no third reason concerning Jesus Christ. What can he do for you? Oh. Where do you want to spend eternity? Which somewhere? Purgatory does not exist. Thank God I never believed in it. And it was a made-up stopover. And some people can, could buy it in life for 40, for 40 years or 50 years and so on. If I'm going to heaven, and if I, I would like to reach Jesus in a twinkling of an eye, I don't want to make any stopovers. And flights that do stopovers, I avoid them. I avoided them in my life, even for one hour. And who wants to stop? In, what is it, purgatory? Oh, oh, what a farce. For 40 years or 50 years. There is heaven. There is no third reason. There is heaven prepared by Jesus Christ for those, those who accept him as Savior. And you will... Re the decision you make at this very moment later on in life. Decision for eternal death or decision for eternal life. I played with that. It didn't do me anything. Don't play with Jesus. I beg you. Don't play with your soul. I beg you. Don't play with your life. And, you know, Pilate played. What happened to him? And those who played, I missed the opportunity. They're gone. You have only one life that was given to you by God. Don't play with it. Seize the opportunity and take Jesus as your Savior. The Bible says, Behold, now is the acceptable time. Now is the day, what? Of salvation. Tomorrow might be too late. Might be too late. This is my message. What can you do with Jesus? This is the time. And you know, I read a story that brought tears to my eyes. A true account of what happened and it's not, it's not made up. It's about D.L. Moody, the great preacher during the 1700s here in the United States. And 
the title of the story was Decision Without Procrastination. Don't postpone it. During the early days of the ministry of Dwight L. Moody, the great evangelist, he launched a series of meetings in Chicago and the largest crowds ever came to attend these meetings. One Sunday night, take the date, October 8, 1871, in the 1800s, he took as his topic the trial before Pilate. As he came to the end of his message, he turned to Matthew 27, 22. What shall I do with Jesus, who is called the Christ? He concluded after his message was great message. He concluded, I wish you would take this text home with you and turn it over in your minds. And next week, we shall discuss the result of your decision. Speaking of it later, D.L. Moody said, that conclusion of my message that day was the greatest mistake of my life. Even while Mr. Sankey, Ira Sankey, used to, uh, a man of God, sing for him, he sang, today the Savior calls for refuge fly the storm of justice falls and death is nigh. The fire engines began to sound on the street on their way to their first contact with the great Chicago fire. After that, in which Moody's Hall was laid in ashes and in which it is estimated that over a thousand persons lost their lives in, th in that fire. And D.L. Moody never saw the congregation again. And some of those to whom he spoke and promised to meet with them next week. On that night, most probably, they died. I'm not asking you to come and talk to me next week. I'm not asking you to think of your decision and take it home with you and see what you can come up with. Now is the time of salvation. Now is the time to make a decision, young or old or in between. The Lord is calling, and you better hear this message. And whatever relationships in life you have, whatever you made, say, I have to finish something. I still have to complete. I still have to go and cut this relationship. You don't have to do that. I never had to do that. The Lord helped me at that time, that night when I gave my, my, my heart to Jesus Christ. I didn't have to worry about anything else or any 
promises I made, and God took care of them all. And that night, I got saved. In March 27th of 2017, I'll be saved 60 years. That decision that I made gave me the best life. And if you ever ask me whether I'm ill, whether I'm happy, whether I, whatever happens to me, I still tell you, I have the best life. Mike has the same. Every Christian should have the same. And you can have the same if you take that decision for Christ now. Don't go and finish some unfinished business. Don't go home and say, I have to go cut a relationship. Don't go, I said, I have to go. My boyfriend, and I don't want anymore live with him. Don't do that anymore. Or I have to correct my life. And Christians, Christians also, what are you doing with Jesus nowadays? What are you doing with Jesus who died for you? Remember, now is the time to make this decision. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Will you pray this prayer, Lord Jesus? I'm a sinner. I have postponed my salvation many times over. Please save me and change my life. Would you do that? While you're sitting, sitting here. Don't trust yourself outside. Will you? Pray. Pray in your heart. Lord Jesus, I take you as my Savior. I'm a sinner. I've postponed my salvation. Take him and live. Take Jesus as the Savior and live, young people. Accept him and live. What shall I do with Jesus? Who is called the Christ? What would you do? Our Father, we are thankful that you still, through the Holy Spirit, speak to us. May these words bring fruits in the life of many. Help us to soften our hearts and listen to the whispers of the Holy Spirit to come home and escape from the rest to come. Dismiss us, we pray. In Jesus' name, our Lord and Savior, we ask. Amen.